John Taylor Gatto died this week. He was a public school teacher in New York, and he he was named the New York City Teacher of the Year in 1989, 1990, and 1991. And he quit in 1991. And he he went on to write several books very critical of the American educational system. I read one of those books more than a decade ago now. It was called The Underground History of American Education. And it really opened my eyes. When I was going through school, I was, I was pretty much a Hermione. You know, I really, I was a good hoop jumper. You know, a good test taker and very almost into hero worship of my teachers. And I assumed that the system was designed to help me and to prepare me for life. And at some point, I started to have questions about that. You know, I started to wonder, why was I taught geometry, but not basic truths about relationships and how to deal with other people? Why was I taught irregular French verbs, but not a basic understanding of personal finance, home repair, car repair, how to apply for a job, how to network, how to cook, how to task manage? Why was I taught formulas or made to memorize formulas about friction and chemical bonds, but never introduced to the basic guidelines for living a good life as outlined in, you know, Seneca and Montaigne, Emerson, Epictetus? And most importantly, why was I forced to waste some of the highest energy healthiest years of my life learning things that I think most of us can agree we never use in our daily lives. You know, those questions were pretty well answered by Gatto in, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, were pretty well answered in, in his book. Just to step back for a second, you know, there's this amazing series, I think on PBS, maybe it was the BBC, called The Century of Self about, I think it was Freud's grandson or grandnephew, Edward Bernays. Basically, the problem of the, the corporation was this in the early 20th century. They had learned the means of mass production, technically, They didn't have the necessary workers for the factories, and they didn't have the necessary consumers for the products. And so they solved both of those problems. Bernays helped them solve the problem of consumption. And you can see this in modern advertising where, you know, we were trained to be consumers. We're trained to define ourselves based on what we buy. We're trained to tie our identity to our consumption. 
I'm this kind of person, so I buy this. That is the legacy of Bernays. And on the other side, the school system was deliberately adapted to create factory workers. Let me be clear here. He's not just talking about blue-collar workers. He's talking about everyone. Blue-collar workers who are trained to be essentially automatons doing one particular task. White-collar workers face the same problem, where their jobs have been drained of meaning. And, you know, the result is you get shows like The Office. So it's not just the lower or the lower middle class. It's everyone who has been trained to be thoughtless and essentially a cog in the system. I'm going to read a couple notes that I took on the book that I I hope help to explain this. And, you know, I would caveat these by saying, if you really want to understand the modern American educational system, you should read the book. These notes are pitifully, woefully insufficient. So, okay. Modern schooling teaches dumbness. This new dumbness is particularly deadly to middle and upper middle class kids already made shallow by multiple pressures to conform. When they come of age, kids, they are certain that they must know something because their degrees and licenses say they do. They remain so convinced until an unexpectedly brutal divorce, a corporate downsizing in midlife, or panic attacks of meaninglessness upset the precarious balance of their incomplete humanity. But their personal judgment and critical faculties have been atrophied. They will not simply reappear. Years of intellectual and spiritual education would be required to restore such faculties. The modern economy depends upon manufacturing a continuous low level of discontent upon which mass production and finance rely. Corporate and financial capitalism are hardly possible on any scale once a population finds its spiritual center. Scientific management, which started under Frederick Taylor, is designed to make the worker an interchangeable part of an interchangeable machine making interchangeable parts. At the end of history, men are not slaves. They are robots. This is the vision of utopia seen complete. One does not educate machines. One adjusts them. In schooling, children would be taught to accept the inevitability of their assigned fates. Because a mass production economy can be neither created nor sustained without a population conditioned to mass habits mass tastes, predictable behaviors. Freedom of choice in this formulation arises from the feeling that you have freedom, not from its actual possession. The idea that individuals have free will is anathema to the very concept of forced schooling. The psychological tool was alienation, alienate children from themselves, from their families, religions, cultures, so that no countervailing forces could intervene. Government schooling kills the family by monopolizing the best times of childhood 
and by teaching disrespect for home and for parents. The greatest victory of this utopian project was making school the only avenue to certain occupations. What will happen to them with their high standardized test scores when they discover they can't fry an egg, sew a button, join things, build a house? Do you believe having those things done for you is the same? You fool, then. But he's also, the other side of this is that he is enormously optimistic about the facilities and the faculty of the individual human being. He writes, nearly all people are competent and responsible. He writes, among free men, learning was self-discipline, not the gift of experts. You can learn what you need, even the technical stuff, at the moment you need it or shortly before. Work is the only avenue to genuine self-respect. Work develops independence, self-reliance, resourcefulness. Work itself is a value. You will find the key to yourself in work. Work isn't a curse, but a salvation. And so he was very much a proponent of, of homeschooling and of the MOOCs, things like Coursera, apprenticeships like they have in Germany, and learning on the job, the exact opposite of the current system, which is all about box checking and test taking and hoop jumping and credentialism. All right, <laughs> that's enough uh, table pounding for one week. I'll catch you later.